2: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode. I'm doing something a little bit experimental today. I've been asked a number of times in the past if I would ever consider having video to accompany the podcast and... I am the only person that works on this podcast. I do everything myself. And so that was a bit of a daunting task for a while. But I kind of have been wanting to revamp my YouTube and just experiment with some different things. So, as you'll know, if you're a listener of this podcast, experimentation doesn't always mean that I'm going to keep doing it. I just want to see how it goes and see if that resonates with people and that. People prefer to watch it. I kind of figured that if people are asking for it, then maybe it would appeal. So we're going to try that today. If you're listening on your regular platform, that probably won't make a difference. But if you're interested in watching the video, seeing sort of the behind the scenes, and you know, there's not really much to see, but just to kind of have that visual aid as you listen to the podcast, then those will be posted on my YouTube. Something that I've been asked to talk about a few times has been romanticizing your life. And this is a topic that I feel like has grown a lot in popularity, or at least I've seen popping up a lot more recently and with the pandemic. And I didn't really have a clear understanding of what it meant, but after reflecting on it a little bit more, I realized that in different ways I've been doing this my whole life, and I feel to some extent. Many of us probably do it, maybe without being aware of it, but it was really interesting because as I sat down to record this episode, I realized that it kind of took a different direction than I thought it would. I had a few conversations with friends and family, as I normally do, about the topic, and it just got me thinking about the idea of romanticizing life in a slightly different way than I anticipated going into the episode. Now, as part of my research for this episode, I always kind of like to look at the general definition for a term that we'll be discussing or an idea that we'll be discussing. And I realized that it kind of informed the way that I wanted to approach the episode because the definition that I read wasn't really how I relate to romanticizing life, but it is one component of romanticization, if that's a word, that I want to talk about in this episode. And so we're kind of going to explore two different approaches to romanticizing life. The first is the tendency to romanticize or idealize alternatives to your current life situation. And the second is more of what my sister referred to as the rom-comification of life. So infusing everyday activities with meaning and beauty and joy and creativity. Now, what was interesting as I reflected on these two different categories is I feel like for a period of my life where I wasn't really connected to my core values or wasn't content with my life situation, I found myself relating more to the former definition I provided or the former category. So I would often find myself idealizing different scenarios that I could be living and sort of assuming that that would be better for me and that I would be happier. Now I find that I relate more to the second category of infusing a narrative into my life and meaning and beauty without necessarily always needing to change my circumstance. I find that this practice is a way of expanding my reality, of finding joy and beauty in the mundane things, and just connecting with everyday activities. And so in this episode, we're going to be talking about both of those things that I mentioned. Now, we hear this term romanticize, romanticize your life all the time. And I realized as I was about to record this episode that I didn't really have a clear idea of what it actually meant and how it was generally understood. And I usually find that my personal experience of a topic is quite different from the dictionary definition, and today I actually found that to be very much the case. So interestingly, according to the Oxford Dictionary, to romanticize life is to deal with or describe in an idealized or unrealistic fashion to make something seem better or more appealing than it really is. And what this definition feels like or reminds me of is sort of along a similar vein to statements like grass is always greener or having rose-tinted glasses. So in other words, perceiving something other than our current life situation as being perhaps something that would make us happier or would be the solution to a problem that we have or would fulfill some sort of lack that we're feeling in our lives. And what I find with romanticizing in this way is, like the dictionary definition sort of touched on, it often involves inflating the positives of an alternative situation without having a holistic view of perhaps some of the negatives to a specific situation. I also find this type of romanticization happens when we sort of misrepresent or misremember a past situation or circumstance that we've already experienced so for example being in a relationship and idealizing the memory of being single even if when you were single you wanted to be in a relationship for example or another example would be when you're working a nine to five idealizing the experience of being self-employed and what you believe to be associated with that identity. What I find within myself with this type of romanticizing is that it's especially prominent when it's something I haven't really experienced before. So in the case of working a nine-to-five, I found that I so often romanticized being self-employed even though it wasn't something that I had ever experienced before, but it represented something that, on some level, I really desired. And I think in these situations, it's easier to assume that the situation that you're romanticizing would be entirely desirable because you don't have a full understanding of the downsides. So let's take fame, for example. I would say that to most of us that's a pretty foreign experience but I feel that the positives are pretty visible to the average person and I would say to many people desirable so whether that's the feeling of importance or wealth and status Or even being admired for a specific talent, for example. And because it's so foreign to my current life experience, I have less of a connection to or understanding of the real downsides of that identity. For example, not having privacy or being subject to constant public criticism or even humiliation. So I do think on one hand, this definition provides a starting point to begin to reflect on this tendency to idealize alternatives to our current circumstances and to recognize that in some situations when we do so, it can set us up for disappointment. Because any life circumstance can hold the whole spectrum of experiences and emotions, whether they're positive or negative. But what I find is when I'm really romanticizing something in this way, it's almost being ignorant to or unaware of the negatives or downsides and just inflating the positives and thus assuming that I would be better off in that situation. What I would say is that one way of combating this assumption that I'm going to be better off in an alternate situation or if I were someone else or if I had a different personality, for example, has just to become more neutral about alternatives and recognize that every situation has its upsides and downsides. And even with people, let's say if I'm experiencing jealousy or feeling like I'm comparing myself a lot, just really trying to remove the belief that, again, someone else is better off than I am. I don't have visibility to the whole experience that they're having and all of the emotions. I'm only seeing what they want me to see and being aware of that. And I also just feel like another thing that has really helped me has been to completely stop idolizing or pedestalizing anyone. And in doing so, it's actually made me more grateful for what I have access to and my own personality and my own way of navigating life in the world and what I have to offer. But... I don't think the conversation ends there. I do appreciate that, and again, going back to this definition, you know, romanticizing your life in this way can set you up for disappointment if you're constantly having these high expectations of something outside of what you're currently experiencing, especially if then you go on to have that experience and it can kind of be a letdown. But at the same time, you know, I grew up on the narratives of grass is always greener and just be grateful for what you have and don't look at life through rose-tinted glasses, etc. Which again, I believe are rooted in the very real message that swapping your current circumstances with something else doesn't always fix the problem or isn't always the answer. But at the same time, in my own life, I am unbelievably grateful for this belief that I deserve to experience things like joy and fulfillment and satisfaction and connection and I believe that my desire to seek these things out and in doing so often exit certain situations where I wasn't consistently experiencing those things, I believe that that is what's responsible for a lot of the positive change I've made in my life. I believe that it's okay to desire change in life, to have new experiences, to meet new people, to go new places, and sometimes these narratives of the grass is always greener, etc., it kind of feels like they kept me in place and kept me from believing that I could experience new things and having that experimental nature and exploring new alternatives Almost because it felt like I was ungrateful for doing so. Now, I believe on some level, what we're talking about, this tendency to explore different alternatives, to imagine changes that we can make in our lives and desire change, I believe that that is very natural and I think it's probably responsible for a lot of new discoveries and even new technologies. This is how we evolve and progress and expand the limits of what's possible even in our own lives. So for me, it's less about resisting this tendency and more about being mindful how I relate to it. How can I use what feels like a natural, inherent activity of imagining alternatives and craving transformation to Benefit my life rather than to work to my detriment. So, again, going back to that idea that we can use this tendency to feel badly about where we currently are, that's only one way of looking at it, I believe. So, it's not an exercise in escapism, but more so a way of gathering data about myself and my values and what I desire and using that to guide any changes that I choose to make in my life. So going back to the fame example, looking at a romanticization of this identity, not necessarily under the assumption that that experience would be better than my current life experience, and allowing that assumption to feed into a cycle of low self-worth and low self-esteem and disappointment.
0: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
2: Perhaps until that identity is achieved. Instead, I can allow this repetitive romanticization of the same thing to be a data point to tell the story of what I desire, what I value, or maybe even what I feel I lack on some level. And considering how being aware of those values and desires will inform my next step and how I approach my life. And maybe it really is fame that I choose to gravitate towards and seek out because that is what's truly calling me and I don't think that that discovery is anything wrong. But maybe this exercise will help me to uncover a way of relating to my current situation with the greater integration of those values that I've learned are important to me. Like I know, and maybe you know, a person in your life or people in your life that give off like famous energy and that main character energy, they carry themselves in a way where they are the main character and they are important and they are admired and even as though they are wealthy even if that's not their current situation and I honestly love it because I kind of think why not I talk about this all the time but something that brings me a lot of joy is to be aware of the fact that the opportunity always exists to choose the character I want to play and sort of try new ways of being and not necessarily need to change anything externally And if I do want to change something externally, then that option always exists too. Then there's this other way of looking at romanticizing life which I mentioned in the beginning of this episode and it's what my sister referred to and probably the way that we're more familiar with seeing online is this rom-comification of life and I was talking to my sister about this episode and she used that term and I was like that is perfect it's the perfect way to describe This experience and how I want to talk about it. So here it's less about finding alternatives or imagining alternatives to your current situation and using that to fuel the change that you make in your life, but actually looking at your current circumstance or your current routine and finding ways to change the perspective, infuse meaning and beauty into the everyday. It doesn't necessarily ask us to change anything, to travel anywhere, or to consume anything. It just feels more like a shift in the way that we relate to our lives and how we perceive what's going on with the intention of experiencing more playfulness and creativity and joy and for me that feels like a very childlike experience to be able to bring in that imaginative side and to not always feel so bogged down by the day-to-day or even to become more immersed and present in our lives and who's to say that this is a delusional or unrealistic way of experiencing life? That it's not possible to access these things without having to change anything or travel across the world, for example. I actually think that constantly associating these emotions like excitement and contentment and joy with circumstances or situations or change externally, I think that prevents us from being able to access them from within and just cultivate them every day without necessarily needing to change everything about our lives. Romanticizing for me feels like reclaiming some of that access and agency over how I experience and relate to my own life. It feels like simultaneously being the director and the main character in my own life, being able to continuously express myself creatively and alter the narrative. So, what are some ways that I like to do this? Well, going along with this idea of rom comification of life, what are some things that a good rom com would have? Well, first, at the most basic level, it would have a storyline. And this is something that I've been doing since I was little is to create storylines or narratives for my life. It's something that has brought me a lot of joy and comfort in difficult times and imagining how these difficulties in my life would feed into the overall narrative or story of my life or movie of my life, for example. And I find that doing this can help me to Alter my perception of a difficult experience. One area where I find myself doing this a lot is when I experience rejection. Now, I feel like this is something that I experience all the time, specifically in my work, in different ways, but it's a theme that's followed me throughout life, and I feel like every one of us can appreciate what it feels like to be rejected. It doesn't feel good, but at the same time, Something that has always brought me comfort and that I've continued to do and that has continued to carry me through these periods where I'm experiencing a lot of rejection is to create a narrative around that rejection. The circumstance doesn't necessarily have to change, but the narrative I have around the circumstance is up to me. So for example, when I'm rejected by a brand or by a person, and by the way, I experienced a rejection from a brand the other day that it hurt, and it happens often. But what do I do? What do I do with that experience? What I find is I try to imagine how I would relate to that rejection in the future and imagine that experience kind of playing out. So for example, imagining someone at that company who rejected my proposal to work with them or to collaborate, looking back and being like, why did we do that? Like, I have so much regret around rejecting this person or whatever it may be. And that's usually like a motivation for me as well. So after I experienced this rejection recently that was hurtful and just felt like a huge blow to my self-esteem... I used it as a motivation to reach out to 10 more companies. And, you know, if I'm going to become this person that this company is looking back at and uh, regretting having rejected, what do I have to do to get to that point? And so it was a furniture company that rejected me, a Canadian furniture company. And so I basically reached out to like 10 other furniture companies in that same day. And it just kind of gives me this like watch me attitude and it feels satisfying and it brings me comfort and it keeps me going so I sort of picture this like character arc and even montage of myself one day in the future killing it and not even remembering this brand that once rejected me and I know it sounds kind of silly but honestly it motivates me and do I know that this is how it's going to play out No, but does it help me to move forward after experiencing something like rejection? Yes, and the reality is there are so many different ways that I can react to certain experiences, but creating these narratives helps me to choose the meaning that I'm going to assign to it and allow it to sort of work in my favor, and I love that. Another thing that good rom-coms have is a soundtrack and this came through in a lot of the responses when I put out the Q&A for this episode was how music helps to romanticize life and I love the idea of having a soundtrack for specific situations or activities or emotions. It just helps me to feel more immersed and can also be a tool to transport me to a different imaginative creative place. For example if i'm going to be sad i'm going to be sad anyways may as well put on some sappy music And fully immerse myself into that emotion. I also have specific types of music or soundtrack that I listen to when I'm on the train or flying or on the bus for example and I picture myself being in a music video staring longingly out the window and it takes what may be a very boring situation and helps me to feel a little bit more immersed in that situation and that is something that I've always really loved to do. I mean people love doing this for the gym or with exercise with a certain type of music having the ability to get you into a specific mode or enhance the overall experience so it's kind of the same idea. Oftentimes, I use soundtracks to make mundane activities more enjoyable. So something like cleaning, you may have seen my series on TikTok where I talked about using Sims music to clean my apartment and how it kind of makes me feel like a video game character. Or if I'm cooking, I listen to a specific type of soundtrack like jazz and it makes me feel like I'm in Italy in a villa cooking myself a lovely meal even if it's just Annie's. When I used to work in an office, I used to have a soundtrack for walking to and from work so it kind of felt like the intro montage to a movie and the one that comes to mind specifically is The Devil Wears Prada. I'm sure you know the scene that I'm talking about if you've seen the movie. So I think generally the idea with a soundtrack, and it doesn't necessarily have to be music, it could be an audiobook or a podcast, is that it can help mundane activities feel more playful or creative or immersive and can also help to transport your mind to a new situation or place. And a lot of the time I feel like when I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling negatively in some way it's because a lot of my senses and my thoughts are engaged in a specific you know anxious thought pattern or whatever it may be so to be able to really fully immerse myself in this way it's kind of a distraction sometimes and sometimes that can be really necessary when we're experiencing anxiety or stress or even boredom and one more thing that I feel like rom-coms have they have a lot of things, but generally the rom-coms that I like always have a sense of lightheartedness and good humor. So being able to laugh at yourself, at your life, and take things less seriously sort of to me brings a lightness to life. And I feel like when it comes to romanticizing, there is an element of not being so bogged down by the day-to-day and sort of being able to find joy and humor in in small things. So when I'm romanticizing life, I try to regularly take a step back and remind myself that it's not that serious. Another thing that I love to do that isn't necessarily related to rom-coms is to fully immerse myself into holidays or seasons and just really get into things. Like, for example, right now, Halloween, it's one of my favorite times of year to Watch a bunch of scary movies, to put on a specific type of soundtrack, to have decorations around the house that remind me of fall, and just really fully immersing myself in experiences in different ways. That for me feels like it really adds this level of creativity and immersiveness and playfulness into my life. So that kind of concludes everything that I wanted to share about this theme of romanticizing, how it can be helpful in life, how how if approached in a specific way can maybe not be so helpful, but to be able to take that tendency to be imaginative, to desire change, to romanticize alternatives, and to use it to our own benefit. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you are watching on YouTube, thank you for being here. I'd love to see how this format resonated with you. And if you're listening on Spotify, thank you as always for being here and for listening. And I'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. Feel free to leave a comment, Q&A, or you can send me some feedback in the anonymous submission. So thank you. That is it for today and
3: I'll see you in next week's episode.